Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, our one-hour pregame show on day two at the BNP Paribas Open. We are presented by Safe Life. Nestled in between the palm trees and mountains is the perfect venue for one of the biggest events on the tennis calendar. So pristine that they call it tennis paradise. But this modern utopia comes with a cost. One misstep and it is paradise lost. Looking at our safe light order of play, American Danielle Collins, first up on Stadium One, followed by Emma Raducanu and Donka Kovinich. Then Andy Murray takes the court. The night session has a blockbuster. The last two Americans to win a major singles title, Sophia Kennan and Sloane Stephens, followed by former top 10 player Jack Sock. Here's what's coming up over the next hour on TC Live. We had a super day one in the desert. We'll tell you who brought their big game to Indian Wells as the players weren't the only ones feeling Mahomes in tennis paradise. Plus, more big stars and major champions take the court today, including Andy Murray looking to continue his resurgence. And breaking news out of Newport, Rhode Island. We'll introduce you to new CEO and president of the International Tennis Hall of Fame live at the bottom of the hour. Players already out on the practice courts. Daniil Medvedev, he'll take on Brandon Nakashima in his first match. The Russian riding a 14-match win streak, three straight titles. Could be the best hardcore player in the world right now. If Arena Sabalenka keeps winning, she could be number one overall. The Aussie Open champ coming to the desert with just one loss on the season, but has never made it past the round of 16 here. And how about Alexander Zverev? He gets a Friday start. The German has been working his way back into form, making the semifinals in Dubai last week. We are right there inside Stadium One. Nice windows. You can say hi if you are on site as we bring you onto our BMW Tennis Channel desk. Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin, and we've got our global correspondent, Prakash Amitraj, Come on. in the house on day two <laughs> through the rest of the event. Leading you up to first ball. Great to have you here, Prakash. Listen, listen, I missed you guys. We've spent so much time together. You don't realize how difficult it is for me when we're not together. I mean, I go home. I don't have Chanda laughing at my jokes. I don't have Weissman <laughs> dropping bars from rap songs today that I haven't heard of. It's a lot, so I'm happy to be with you guys. It's a bond, and we're happy to have you. I'm, I'm feeling better already. It's going to be a great day. Got a lot to talk about throughout the rest of the tournament, and, we, and we've got you here with us. So let, let's get started, get you caught up on the action from yesterday that you may or may not have missed. Lots of All-American matchups. Former finalist John Isner facing Brandon Nakashima. B-Nock, just one win on the season coming in. But something, Prakash, about that Southern California air gets the San Diego native going. I think we got to keep an eye out for B-Nock over here because these conditions really suit him well. He's got enough time to be able to really move his opponent around the court. Approval from Mr. Mahomes over there. Nice shades, Weissman. What do you think? He is styling and profiling. They take a trip. Wherever they take a trip, they watch a sporting event. They picked Indian Wells. 
Well, listen, listen. He, he got a good match out of this one, too. Tight first set. Nakashima saves the set point with a nice one-two punch serve in his backhand. And after he gets that first set, he did such a great job of taking care of his side of the court. Didn't really give John any opportunities to get in. You can see some frustration there from John, which you don't really see. He's usually got a really good head on his shoulders, keeps his temperament well. But Nakashima just broke him down, moved him around the court nicely, moved him especially with that serve, and just not a lot for John to get into in the match. Great serving from B-Nock, won 85% of his first serve, saved two break points, and converted one to get the victory. Second win on the year for Nakashima. Another All-American, all-college tennis matchup between Marcos Garon, Alexander Kovacevic, Chanda. Garon told us he likes taking night hikes. Crime Junkie would say that's a bad idea, but Garon staying alive on the court. Garon is not yeah. scared, yeah. and that proved it, Steve, but this match was impressive. The way he came out from the first ball, played like the veteran, like the higher-ranked player, bit of the pressure on his shoulders, but you couldn't tell. The movement was fantastic around the court. The forehand there producing the winner and he can do it off both sides. He's got such a good base with his legs and that is what you need on okay. these courts and Giron able to take that first set and it allowed him to relax even more because the second set was a battle. Kovacevic there coming in with a beautiful backhand but Giron again just not panicking having the answers and this last game of the match was a battle back and forth but Giron would not be denied a real advantage to get done in straight sets. Bruins over Illini on this day. He joined us on the desk after. It was a good quality match. I think men mentally I, I was strong throughout the whole thing. Um, there are moments of pressure where I was I got an early break, but I easily could have gotten broken back 1530 a few times on my serve. But overall, I stayed there the whole time. I was able to put pressure on him throughout the entire match. Garone this year has played a ton of Americans. He's played Terrell Fritz. He's played J.J. Wolf, Ben Shelton, Michael Moe. Uh, he gets another American in the next round, Francis Tiafo. How do you see that matchup? Well, he's had some nice wins this year, Garone, and, and backing up some of the confidence he gained from last year, getting to that final in San Diego as well. And I think, you know, he's got to bring it, and he knows that against uh, Francis Tiafo, you know, who's such a big hitter, who also is a great mover, so he can match Garone in that department. I think he's got to take a few more chances, Garone, to really have a shot in this match. And in these big moments, he's got to come with first serves and really high percentage tennis. And I think that gives him his best shot. But it's an uphill battle when you consider how well Francis Tiafo has been playing. Yeah, you hit it right on the head, Chanda. I mean, look, Jerome uh, generally plays right here. Francis is capable of playing here, but on his bad days, he can he can drop it down here as well. But I think Jerome needs to really step up that aggression. As you talked about, I spoke to him this morning, and he felt really good about the way he played in his previous match, not just with the way his quads looked out there. I mean, those things are monsters. But the kid said he's really looking at kind of upping his overall level of aggression. Not, not going for crazy shots here and there, but just overall being a little bit more front in the court, putting a little bit more pressure on his opponent, a little less passive. Exactly what he's going to need to do. The quad squad. Chanda talked about the base. You're, you're talking about he's playing doubles with J.J. Wolf. They are the quad fathers. Oh, my God. Those two together? i got to get a gym session with those two. <laughs> That'd be some good content. Let's keep the highlights rolling. This was Chanda's pick of the day yesterday. All-American matchup on the women's side. Former quarter finalist Shelby Rogers facing Katie Volinets. Volinets got her first WTA main draw win against Rogers a few years ago. Chanda went up a break early. Yeah, Volinets, she has been a tough competitor out there and gaining in confidence. It allowed her to get that early break, but Rogers with more experience, a little more firepower, and that came into play towards the end of the first set. Rogers able to 
take it, turn things around. But Volley Nets, she wouldn't go away. And, you know, she's been such a poised competitor out there, made some adjustments, started opening up the court with her shots up the line, the forehand there doing the damage. And on to a third set, we would go. But, you know, Rogers again, started getting better with her margin, started finding the court, massaging the ball a little bit more. We saw some changes of spin. She was throwing in the slice, some angles, and in the end, got a very one-sided third set victory. Moves on to face Maria Sakri. Shelby, join me on the desk after the match. We had a lot going on in the match. We had sunset, the wind was a little bit tricky tonight, and the temperature dropped a lot. Um, and the balls got super fluffy there in the second set, so I was very excited for some new balls. Um, but you know, she's such a fighter and she's really confident right now, and I knew it was gonna be tough today. She never gives up. She runs for every ball, makes a lot of balls back, especially here in the desert, can be, you know, for a tough battle. So I knew it was gonna be tough, but just glad to get through that one. Meantime, Allison Risk, Amitraj, looking for her first win of the season. Prakash taking on Elizabeth Mandlick, who actually got her first WT main draw win against Ali last year in San Jose. Ali has been having a rough go of it as of late. Hasn't, hasn't really put up a win since the US Open last year, aside from match and qualifying earlier this year in Australia. Had a lead up event, and look, she, she does what she did best. I mean, she, she fights, and she was down a set and two breaks, fought back into a third set here. And even here with Manlik trying to serve this thing out, you see that fighting spirit from Ali. But it was just a ton of unforced errors, which was the story of the day. And Allison just not looking quite comfortable there. I mean, that's a routine forehand that she shouldn't be missing. When she's playing her best, she's just making a lot of balls and finding her way into the net. Even there, a little uncomfortable, not quite able to position herself well. And a really disappointing tiebreak to end things. Only got one point in this final set breaker. Big win, though, for Mandlik. She, she seems very fired up, deserved it. A win in her debut at Indian Wells. Mandlik going to take on Petra Kvitova next. Well, 21 American women in the draw. That's the most since 1993, Chanda. Alicia Parks with high hopes. She's near her career high after winning her first title in Lyon, but a tough one last night against Anna Kalinskaya. Yeah, Parks was looking to get her first win here in Indian Wells, and conditions were not easy for her last night. And Kalinskaya, you know, she's such a veteran player, you know, has had more experience um, than Parks, and she used that to really get a good start in this match. A lot of errors, though, from Parks. That didn't help her cause, and really ineffective on her serve, and that's a big weapon. And when your weapon isn't firing, it's tough to have the confidence in the other areas of your game, and Kalinskaya able to take advantage of that. Again, just putting her head down, playing for that second ball Kalinskaya did, and you know, just stayed poised throughout this match. Parks is a big hitter. She can catch fire at any moment, but Kalinskaya just did not allow her to get into this match. Another error there on match point, and Kalinskaya gets through pretty handily. Yeah, Parks only won 32% of her service points. That, that's her biggest weapon, Chanda, but Let's take some good away from this. Last year at this time, ranked 152. Now she's at 55 in the world. What does she learn from this experience? Uh, I mean, I think that's what it's all about at this stage for Alicia Parks. It's learning from the losses. It's taking the wins and building on that. And that's what she's been able to do throughout the, the start of this year. Got her first title um, in Lyon. That was big, and it's a huge confidence boost. And I think you just learn against the better players how to play more consistently, how to make little adjustments when you are a little bit off on a given day. And that's that's where she fell a little bit short, but so many positives for Alicia Parks. And certainly if she can continue um, the form that she's had recently, it's gonna be a good 2023 for her. 
The, the tennis is one thing, and look, she's going to need to get consistent at this level, playing in the biggest events consistently, as you said. It's new for her, but it's also just adjusting to the altitude of this type of life now. I mean, look, you're, you're circling into the top 50. You've won your first title. You're still so young. You know, so all of a sudden, people start thinking, oh, can, can you be one of the next hopes of American tennis and so forth? That's a lot, and it not just affects you on the tennis court, but off the court as well. You have a lot more business opportunities. You have a lot more experiences, and sometimes, you know, practice gets, gets bumped down the totem pole a little bit. So I think just adjusting a little bit to this this new air that she's breathing is going to help her a lot, find that balance and play her best tennis. Yeah, certainly taking away uh, some great learning moments from, from last night. Big court, first night, big tournament. Uh, she'll come back much more stronger. Chanda, you've got your uh, FanDuel pick of the day coming up later in the show. Chanda's already 1-0. Chanda Bucks are just, you know, making it rain out here in the I, desert. I got to take some notes. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> who, who am I looking at? Also, Frenchman Gal Monfils returning from injury, first trip away from his baby daughter, why he would still have a sleepless night, plus American Jensen Brooksby. Now with some more time to look for a new coach, we will update his injury status. And big news to bring you from the International Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport. It's all coming up over the next hour. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I always watch Tennis Channel when I'm looking for something to watch. Um, I think there's always, I feel like they show tournaments from all over the world and I love seeing all the different players that they bring on to commentate as well because uh, they're not only just my peers but people that I've either played before or have just played or practiced with all the time so I think that's a really cool aspect. I definitely have grown up with a sense of always turning on Tennis Channel and um, watching the game that I love. Tennis Channel, happy 20th anniversary. Thank you for always providing us with amazing tennis. Well, thank you, Jesse. I will be hearing from, from various players, tennis industry folks uh, throughout the next couple tournaments wishing Tennis Channel a happy 20th anniversary. I love it. And, you know, for so many of us, we turn on Tennis Channel and it's on all day in our homes. It's certainly the case for me. And I think for, you know, someone like Jesse Pagula, who's providing the content to yeah, say, right. you know, thanks for providing great tennis. I mean, it just shows you, you know, how uh, big of a part Tennis Channel has been and, and continues to be. 20 years old, still, still Tennis Channel, not old enough to drink <laughs> just yet. But, well, Weissman, I got, a, I got a question. Look, yeah. I, I've come in now, joined the party here and so excited to be here all the way through. Yeah. But uh, what's going on? I mean, look, like a after the desk, you know, what, what, what am I? supposed to do i mean i go check out the grounds you know what about you are you stuck here the whole time are you yeah we're, we're um, stuck here you, 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 <laughs> yeah we have a sweet you, you, we have a sweet you, visit you, today you, you haven't we're, we're gonna go see Susie. <laughs> have you roamed around at all <laughs> yeah I, I i roam around before and after yeah 
But yeah. you may be stuck here too, so just well, you know, check no, the I notes. Just, I just, you see, Weissman's leaving the desk. Look at him having a little fun over there with Tennis's number one fan. Why? Well, so one time I, I have to see Luanda. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that you don't start Indian Wells without a selfie with Luanda. So you made it onto her social. That's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, yeah. that's the first person I saw. It literally did the show yesterday. Now I went to get, you know, my acai bowl. I've got my routine here, Prakash. It's like. You get the omelet in the morning, you do the show, then you get your acai pitaya bowl, you take your selfie with Lawanda, come back, do the interviews, what do, sushi later. What do I have to do to get a selfie with Lawanda? I mean, is there like a special spot that no, you, you just have? It'll just, you just ask. It'll, <laughs> no, no, it'll just happen. When you reach that point, you'll know it. She's, at, she's looking for a selfie from Andy Roddick. So she's okay. missing the Roddick selfie. So I talked, she's like, I got a selfie from her. You've never taken one with her? She's got a, I think maybe in Cincy. I feel yeah. like you have. Maybe in Cincy, yeah. but sure. I got to do the Wells one. It's going to happen. This is the spot yeah. this, this is the spot, spot. Okay. that's my the, that's my goal that's my goal for the day because the scenery behind you is so beautiful speaking of that let's check out the weather forecast today <laughs> with fox weather Hi there, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather's Britta Merwin, and here is today's BMP Paribas open forecast. It looks like an ace. Weather in Indian Wells, California, beautiful. We have a mix of sun and clouds with temperatures pushing 80 degrees for our tennis pros. Now, don't forget, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. First, first day on the show, and Prakash is surprising me with ra random selfies, <laughs> random segments. Still to come, coming off a title in Texas, Marta Kostyuk at a career high. See if she could keep climbing in the desert. Ruben Amitaj Weissman back on TC Live, leading up to first ball on day two at Indian Wells. And that's the match we got for you. Danielle Collins taking on Dalma Galfi. That is coming up just moments away. Well, this past week, Austin, Texas, home to a couple of firsts in the inaugural ATX Open. Marta Kostyuk won her first WTA title. The 20-year-old Ukrainian 0 for 4 in semifinals coming in, but now has 15 wins on the year. Enters the desert at a career-high 40 in the world. However, Rebecca Peterson also informed Chanda the Swede made the finals in Mexico two weeks ago as a qualifier came through Polly's again here. Yeah, Peterson is such a tough out yes. and Kostyuk, she had multiple set points. You could see the frustration there, trying to be a bit more aggressive, but Peterson just so smart about her shot selection from the different areas of the court, not overplaying, turning this point around, going from defense to offense, and it was the way Peterson turned around the first set to take it, but Kostyuk, she did not get down on herself. She fought back and was able to then capitalize in the second set, which she couldn't do in the first. Got the second set under her belt, had a little more confidence going into the third, but it was a battle down to the wire, down the stretch here. It was Peterson with another break point, you know, showing the court coverage and the wheels, just forcing Kostyuk to hit that extra ball, gets the break, and then able to get match point on her serve, and that was a terrific forehand to close it out. Both players, 19 break points in this one, but Peterson converted one more. Kostyuk, 17 double faults in the match. Uh, last year, Diana Yastremska joined me on the desk to talk about her heartbreaking and scary exit from Ukraine after Russia invaded her country. This year, back with a wild card to play Anna Bondar, Chanda. Yeah, and she came out with good energy, Yastremska, really using the weapons in her game. Chance to serve out the first set and gets it done very cleanly. The second set, though, Bondar able to turn things around early on. Had multiple break points here. 
but Yastrzemska just kept battling, was able to get back even in the second set and really didn't look back. Stepping in on the return there, such a good play on these courts where the ball can sit up just a bit. And then again, when she had a chance to serve it out, close it out beautifully. Yastrzemska ranked 142 in the world. That's far off her career high of 21, but kudos to the tournament for giving her a wild card this year. Really can't believe it's been a year since she told us about being woken up by bombs and, and escaping her country, leaving her parents behind. An absolutely heartbreaking story. Uh, she has posted photos and videos online since with her parents or family. They were in Thailand earlier this year, so things seem to be going better. And uh, obviously, nice to see her getting a win yesterday. Yeah, it, it really is. And you just can't imagine what so many of these players are going through, being from the Ukraine, having you know to still ply their craft and, and travel around the world, maybe not be able to go home, not see their families, and still try to speak out and, and put a face to the pain and suffering that's going on while still performing. And, you know, I think a lot of it for Yastrzemska has been about that extra motivation, has been about, you know, really, you know, being in the thick of it and taking advantage of these opportunities, you know, to, to you know, bring more, um, bring more awareness of what's going on. And so I think, you know, there's a catch-22 there, but it's great to see her playing well, feeling good out there on court, and hopefully, you know, we can continue to make progress in terms of the war and, you know, in the war at some point. Look, tennis is tennis is tough enough as it is. You know, you got so many challenges that you have to deal with, and so many mental battles that you have to fight to try to play consistent tennis and get to 21 in the world, as she was able to do at such a young age. But now, having to deal with something like this, it's it's something that uh, so many people just just can't even grasp how difficult that is. And I think because it's gone on so long, she's now found a way to maybe use tennis as a bit of a release for her and because it's something that's got to be playing on your mind constantly with family members still back there and so forth so hopefully tennis has kind of become a little bit of her safe place and that's resulting in some great tennis and returning to where she really belongs in the game yeah her, her game and talent level certainly up there last year had to really play the role of a parent for her for her younger sister during that time when she was away from her family and uh, glad that they were able to be reunited earlier this year and she's been able to go back home as well moving on in terms of other matches on the court yesterday we had Alexander Bublik in action against Wu Tung Lin this was the last match to finish on Wednesday Wu came through qualifying kept that momentum rolling Prakash yeah Bublik has not had a great start to the year four and ten lost his first eight matches to yeah, start yeah, the year did put up a semifinal in Marseille recently but wasn't quite able to find his game on those big points and just a little bit too defensive for my liking. Wu really played on the front foot all the way through, showing some nice slice skills as well. Covers the net nicely. He's a, he's a big guy. Took that first set 6-4 and again, second set, kept his foot on the front end of things. I mean, even there on the return of serve, returning from inside the baseline, not really backing up off the baseline, finding his way into the net again. Solid overhead, seems really confident on that shot. Was able to sneak out another break there and not much of a fight at the end from Bublik. I think he's gonna have to regroup a little bit, but big win, 175 from Taipei. It's big stuff. Yeah, 24-year-old, first ATP Tour win. Where's that ball cap to the side? He's got a little swagger, Prakash. Uh, listen, I like it. He's showing some smile at the end. I love when the kids are enjoying themselves out there. Yuri Lehechka is talking about enjoying himself. Quarterfinals, Australian Open. Taking on Arthur Rinnekinich. Yeah. Remember the name. Remember the name. He got down a break early here. Rinnekinich was able to get a break, but Lehechka got it back, then started turning things up 
in the breaker here. Such a good all-round player. We, we've heard it before, comparisons to Tomas Burdett. He's got that really strong lower base of his body that he's able to put into his ground strokes. Yeah, loads up well. You can see right there, he uses that outside foot to really pump into that forehand. Takes that first set, 7-6, kept the pressure on. And again, he's just so strong, even when he's pushed to the corner here, because of that outside strength. He's not off balance. He's still able to create a big load off those, off those big legs of his. Listen, when you can mix that up with a little bit of feel. Oh, a little personality there. I love it. Look, our, our Paul Anico sat here on the desk and said, this kid is going to end up in the top 20 this year. And you know what? I think yeah. my man is so right. Yeah, yeah, Chandler agrees. <laughs> Everybody say it. Top 20 for this guy. Sets up a rematch with Andre Rublev, who, by the way, Lehechka upset on the way to the semifinals in Doha last month. So, Gary Lehechka on the rise. Some other scores. From Wednesday's action, Camilla Georgie, a winner in straight sets. Linda Fruvertova comes back from a bagel in the first to take out Maya Sharif. And how about Diego Schwartzman? 6-1, 6-2 over his countryman, Federico Coria. Uh, Chanda, it's been a struggle this year for Diego Schwartzman. He's had some issues off the court. His father, uh, his father's health has not been well. He had to be in the hospital with, with him for a couple of weeks. But really nice to see him get a victory like that. It really is. I mean, sometimes you, you have things happen in your personal life that really brings a bit more perspective. Maybe you don't have quite the focus on tennis. But I think for Diego Schwartzman, you know, having this kind of win, I mean, you could see how much it meant to him. And sometimes you just don't know when you can turn things around. You go through a rough patch, and it may be one or two matches. Uh, that, you know, end up being that turning point. And I think for Schwartzman, that's what he's hoping uh, this will be. And certainly, I think conditions suit him, and it very well could signal a turnaround for him. As athletes, we, we live in hope. You know, as tennis players, you lose almost every single week, week in, week out for the whole year. And when you're going through a rough period, one win, one win can turn things around. So hopefully that's this kind of win for Diego. As you said, it meant a ton to him. So hopefully a bit of a momentum builder. Second win of the season and a win in this place at this venue. Big time event can mean a lot for the rest of the season. We certainly hope so. For Diego Schwartzman, more to come on the show. We're going to break down all the big matches going on on a Thursday. Plus, some breaking news next. Brett Haber joins to introduce the new leadership of the International Tennis Hall of Fame. You don't want to miss it. High 60s at the moment in tennis paradise, headed up to the high 70s this afternoon. A little cooler than normal, but nobody is complaining. A reminder one more time of our Tennis Channel schedule this week, starting each day with a TC Live pregame at 1 Eastern. Live match coverage begins at 2, night session at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then encore coverage overnight for a second look at anything you may have missed. We have got some exciting news to share this morning from our friends at the International Tennis Hall of Fame. As you may know, Hall of Fame CEO Todd Martin stepped down from his post at the end of last year to take on a leadership role with Ben Navarro and the ownership group at the Cincinnati and Charleston tournaments. And after nine years, Todd left some pretty big shoes to fill. And today, the Hall of Fame is announcing that they are filling them with not one, but three different people. So let us here at Tennis Channel and on TC Live be the first to welcome and congratulate new International Tennis Hall of Fame CEO Dan Faber, new Hall of Fame President Patrick McEnroe, who will work hand in glove with the honorary president Kim Kleisters to 
overall run the organization and we say good morning and welcome to the new leadership group dan and patrick congratulations let's start with an explainer uh, how did this come to pass how is this a uh, three-person leadership group going to work well first of all thank you i mean i am absolutely honored to uh to, to lead this incredible organization for the sport of tennis and and to do that with with patrick and kim i i think it's going to just be super exciting it's a dream for me and so I look forward to uh, advancing the, uh, the mission of the International Tennis Hall of Fame. And I think uh, we have a chance to do some really, really great stuff and fill the footsteps of what Todd and Stan Smith have, have laid the groundwork for us. And uh, we look forward to it. Th those are big footsteps <laughs> to fill uh, between Stan and Todd has done an unbelievable job there. Brett, you've been part of the Hall of Fame for a long time, so it's great to be joining you. By the way, awesome tennis channel set up here. Nice to be invited well, here. Well, I you're always that. welcome here in I, our second I, story I apartment. I appreciate the love. And, uh, you know, Dan and I go way back with the USDA. He did an amazing job with the foundation there. Of course, I was there for years as well. So to be here and have this opportunity, you know, I've been – my whole life's been in tennis, right? Mm -hmm. Starting out as a junior player, becoming a professional player, um, being the Davis Cup captain for 10 years. And so for me, this is an unbelievable honor, you know, to, to, to give back to the game, the history, the tradition of what the Hall of Fame is about. Becoming a Hall of Famer is arguably the most difficult thing to do as a player. But now to come and be part of the team there, which has done such a great job, and to celebrate not only the Hall of Famers, but the history, the tradition, and I think the game itself is a great opportunity. It, it, it touches your life in many ways. You mentioned as a player, as a Davis Cup captain, as an executive, um, your brother, part of the class of 1999. What do you see your mission being as the president of the Hall of Fame? Well, I think it's going to be to work within the tennis industry, specifically for me. I mean, Dan's got so much experience running a business. My job is going to be being sort of the face of the organization, helping, I think, raise awareness not only to these great players, but to their stories and to the stories overall that tennis provides us. Uh, and not just the players themselves, but the events, clubs around the world. And I hope that we can continue again to build on what Todd has done, what Stan Smith has done for so many years. Tony Trabert, remember him, a great Davis Cup captain and player. I was reminded of all he did for the Hall of Fame. So I'm just incredibly honored to be part of this and part of what the Hall of Fame stands for and hopefully take it to another level. We all know Patrick's tennis pedigree. For those who may not be as familiar with what Dan has done last 10 years running the USTA Foundation, which has become a fundraising powerhouse in the tennis industry and has become become a force for good in the sport. Is this a pretty easy transition for you? And what do you see your mission being as you take over? You know, I think it is going to be an easy transition. You know, I've, I, I did, you know, I worked for the USTA and the USA Foundation. And there's two separate missions right there, right? You have to promote and grow the sport of tennis. And then on the foundation side, we're trying to change lives through tennis and education. And to me, I can take both those missions and transfer them into the Hall of Fame. From an enshrinement standpoint, Patrick, we've had some pretty high-profile players retire here in the last couple of years, from Sharapova to Serena, at least we think she's retired, <laughs> to Roger and, and the Bryans and on down the line. This is going to make for some pretty exciting summers in Newport, no? Listen, I even did this special for this occasion. I what? brought my... My Roger Federer sneakers, well, okay? So you don't get to see them normally. But That sounds like somebody who just got a deal and is showing no them deal. up. No deal. No, no, no deal. <laughs> the deal is with tennis and the Hall of Fame. And like you said, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable next five, seven, ten years for tennis and for these all-time players, these legends of the game. 
Um, and so that's going to be very exciting, great opportunities to continue to grow, to, as I said, to raise awareness for what the Hall of Fame does. I mean, have you ever been, I know you've been there, but the museum in Newport is Amazing. one of the places you have to go see. The courts, the whole vibe is just incredible there. So I think that this opportunity that we're being given over the next decade for the Hall of Fame to increase this awareness with these all-time greats going into the Hall of Fame is going to be, I think it's going to be magical. Uh, more than 25,000 objects and artifacts and exhibits and interactive ways to touch the sport, its history and its current players. Uh, one of the things we hear from enshrinees, especially ones from other countries, is that halls of fame, while, while they, they resonate with us in this country, they're not as much of a tradition abroad. Is part of what you'd like to do maybe increase the footprint globally and increase awareness globally of what the Hall of Fame stands yeah, for? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think that's where, you know, Patrick and Kim are going to come in and we're going to work as a team because, of course, it's in Newport, but it goes beyond Newport. So our goal is to make sure that that brand and the stories and the moments in time, we're going to be spreading those internationally. And that's what, it, what we should be doing. It is an amazing place to visit. By the way, if you just wanted to go to Newport for the weekend in the summer, that, I mean, that's reason enough to go up there, but visit the Hall of Fame if you're a tennis fan and everyone who's watching is. It's a bucket list destination. Patrick, guys, congratulations Thank on the you. new positions. Can't wait to work with you. Yeah, buddy. looking Thank forward to it. Looking Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having us. All right, Patrick McEnroe and Dan Faber. Uh, Steve and Prakash and Chanda want their desk back, so we're going to give it to them. The show continues in top of the hour, first match of day two. It'll be Collins and Galfie as we continue our first ball to last coverage Indian Wells on Tennis Channel. Chanda Prakash, Steve back on TC Live. Seven months ago, Gal Monfils had a devastating foot injury in Montreal while playing Jack Draper. It forced the Frenchman to miss the rest of the season, but he would call it a blessing in disguise because he got to be home for a very special moment. Monfils' wife, Alina Svitolina, giving birth to a baby girl in October. Monfils said it was perfect timing. He could be around, take care of baby Sky as a team. Quote, I can be a little bit tired or unhappy with what I'm doing, but as soon as I see my daughter, everything vanishes. It's a great feeling. Well, for the first time since Sky was born, Monfils away on a work trip. Returning to the court to face Jordan Thompson last night for Kosh. No diapers, but plenty of stuff to clean up in the game. You are unbelievable, Steve. <laughs> there, there, there's a, a ton of stuff to clean up. I mean, look, the, rust is expected when you have that much time away, especially given the consideration, the way Montes plays. He's not a guy who can come out and just kind of blast a bunch of winners and keep himself in a match and give himself some opportunities. John Isner comes back from a break. He's going to keep himself in a match. Monfils needs to feel a little bit of rhythm out there. And I actually thought playing at nighttime with things slow down considerably at Indian Wells was going to help him. But it didn't really slow down the game of Thompson. He was able to stay on the aggression, get into the net when he wanted to, really pump things with that forehand. And Gale, the way he plays, he just can't afford this many errors. A lot of balls in the net, not really finding his rhythm. And it was a rough day for him. Not much to be thrilled about. But the good news? healthy and he can uh, he can work on cleaning that stuff up as you as you said Steve. <laughs> hey, he's, he's got some practice now with that first win as a father will wait for now for Gael Malfis but still appears to be in good spirits and good to see him healthy because we want him to be on the court Chanda uh, seven months off the court what did you make of what you saw 
Yeah, I think the big thing is if he is, in fact, healthy, how do you recover after your first match? How does the body feel? I think that's the big question. He looked like that wasn't an issue. I thought Jordan Thompson played a great match. He played first strike tennis, and it's the way he needed to play against Monfils to not let him get into points as easily. And, of course, for Monfils, you mentioned it, Prakash, the rust that takes place when you are out for that long. So it's a little bit of a, a building back for him. But I do think Monfils has the ability to play more aggressive tennis. And maybe that's something he kind of takes away coming back and in this, you know, continued phase of his career. He starts to look to do a little bit more act versus react. But this match, I think he can certainly learn from in this recovery back. Jenna, he's got all the talent in the universe. I mean, there's not a thing he can't do with the racket. So especially at this advanced age, when you can't sort of lean into this, you know, ridiculous athletic type of play that he's been able to do for so long. Listen, he's still able to do it. We saw a little bit of it yesterday, but he's just going to make his life and body a little bit easier, able to come out with a few more winners here and there, going for shortening the points a little bit more. And I think maybe adjusting his game in that aspect will really help him. But it's also just time. I mean, look, even though he has so much experience under his belt, you still need to just feel the rhythm of, of the pace of the ball back and forth and just the rhythm of the day on tour. I mean, it's very different being at home, as beautiful as that was. It kind of probably gives him a bit of extra motivation. But I think just being out on the road, playing these matches over and over again, he'll, he'll find it. Says so one of his goals is to get the ranking up so he can make the 2024 Olympics, which will be in Paris. Uh, obviously, Lena Svitolina wants to return to tour as well. It's going to be interesting to see the whole family back out there, Chanda. I mean, it's one of the things I think we'll look forward to. Uh, and certainly, we love babies out yep. here on tour, Steve. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, it, it's going to be a, a different phase of life for them, trying to adjust to, you know, family, baby, plus getting back to their careers and how to adjust their schedules and, you know, how to still be able to focus when they need to. So it'll be interesting to see how they both handle it. Nice to see Monfils kind of taking that first step back out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we've got a lot of Americans on the outer courts today. Uh, some babies, you could call them. Young Americans that are playing <laughs> tennis today. Mackie McDonald in action. Ben Shelton, I mean, he's, he's the real baby of the group. Just 20 years old, taking on Fabio Fonini. J.J. Wolf in action. Emma Navarro against Katie McNally. Peyton Stearns. Got a, a bunch of three NCAA champions on this board. Stearns, Navarro, and Shelton. Let's break down some of these matchups. Five American men in action today. Mackie McDonald is one of them, taking on Philip Krajinovic. Uh, Prakash, how do you break this one down? Mackie's been playing fantastic this year. I mean, look, he's coming with quarterfinals in Acapulco, semifinals in Del Rey. He got to play Davis Cup, and of course, he had that win against Rafa at the Australian Open. So he, he should be feeling very good about his game, almost back up to his career high of just inside the top 50. He had some real injury troubles where he basically had to start over again. So he should feel really confident about building himself back up. On the other hand, Krajinovic hasn't really won many matches, just a few matches this year, more losses than wins. I, I think it's a pretty straightforward match, especially given the conditions here for Mackey. Yeah, I think it is a manageable match for Mackie McDonald. You don't take anybody for granted, especially someone with the experience of Krajanovic. But, you know, he did beat him last year in Dubai. I think that always gives a player a bit more confidence. And I think conditions will suit McDonald. He'll have the time to use his speed. He has done a better job, I think, of going from defense to offense when he needs to in matches. And I think these slower conditions, they allow for more offensive play uh, when you can step inside the court. So I like his chances in that one. I, I actually got to give Mackie some props. There were four NCAA champions on that board. I mean, that, that's some good stuff for college tennis and the ITA. Speaking of one of those, Ben Shelton, last year at this time, 
Ben Shelton, he was just, I think he had just beaten Kentucky. He was getting ready to play <laughs> Georgia, right? So as a Florida Gator. Now he's taking on Fabio Fonini. He's ranked 41 in the world. You look at this matchup, he's ranked higher than Fonini, who's a guy that used to be in the top 10. How do you manage those expectations, Chanda? No, I think for Ben Shelton, I mean, the way he's approached it has been so nice to see. I mean, all of these are first for him. This is his debut uh, here in Indian Wells. So he's got that energy, that excitement. He plays a really high, intense brand of tennis, and I think that helps as well. There's no doubts about how he needs to play these matches. He's going to be looking to come in. He's going to be looking to attack the net if he can serve and volley a little bit. That's not as easy on these slower courts, but I do think he will have some chances, you know, to control the tempo of this match, and that is what you need to do against mm -hmm. Fonini, who is so good at weaving his points. He's got great hands and good wheels. Uh, so I think for Ben Shelton, this will be another test for him uh, that he can, I think, has a good chance to get through. First of all, I, I cannot wait to watch this one because we're going to see some highlight points. Might end up as our hot shot of the day tomorrow between one of these two guys. Ben's coming in with all the confidence in the world. Now, he hasn't really won many matches after getting to that quarterfinal in Australia, kind of adjusting to life after kind of bursting out on the ATP Tour. But I like this matchup for him to be able to get a win at a Masters 1000 and kind of work his way into the tournament. Fabio's only won one match this year. He's not feeling as confident about his game as he could be. So I think a lot of it is in Ben's hands. Just kind of stay calm, humble, not too, not get too crazed with the crowd, which is certainly going to be rooting for him today. And um, enjoy himself out there. It's a really good one to work his way into the tournament. Yeah, on paper, match of the day yep. for sure on the men's side. Uh, for the ladies, how about Emma Navarro taking on Katie McNally? They're both class of 2001 babies. Right, Emma Navarro went to college, won an NCAA championship. Katie went pro. She's had very great success as well. Uh what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I think, you know, Emma Navarro, she's such a good competitor. She's so solid around the court. She's got a good head on her shoulders. I think that will help her in this matchup. But Katie McNally has just made a few more strides up to this point. Got into the top 100 last year. That was a big breakthrough for her. And it has, is playing at a career high, right around 70, 73 yeah. or so in the world. And so I think she's got some real confidence, has had, you know, some nice results already in 2023. And I think that will help her in these conditions. She has a little more experience, although both players are searching for their first main draw win here. So I give Katie McNally the advantage, the slight edge. But Emma Navarro, she's a tough competitor. Three years ago, they played that, that Macon, 60, Macon, Georgia, 60K. It was McNally that got the win. A, a lot has transpired since then. Looking forward to seeing Emma Navarro, Katie McNally taking the court today. And as a reminder, you can see all these matches uninterrupted on TC+. So use this QR code on your screen for a 20% discount on TC+. It's available throughout Indian Wells and Miami. You can watch all the matches uninterrupted. Use your phone. Take a photo of that QR code. Guys out on the court getting ready to go. Mackie McDonald talked about his match against Philip Krajinovic. Looking forward to seeing Mackie. We saw Marcos Giron, uh, another UCLA Bruin, winning yesterday. We'll see if Mackie can get the victory. Uh, we got Coco Goff, who is playing in singles and doubles tomorrow, Chanda. I mean, she's such a fantastic, dynamic player to watch. The doubles, I think, has helped her singles and vice versa. So it'll be fun to see her uh, contest her first matches here this year. And Taylor Fritz playing his first match today in doubles with Tommy Paul, Prakash. Come on, I hit this guy up yesterday. I said, put them away. Put them away. You're scaring the crowd with those guns. He's got to be feeling good <laughs> if he's, he's throwing out the, the sleeveless jersey. Trying to defend the title. <laughs> yes, he is. We'll be back with more after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Coverage of Indian Wells, also on Valley Sports and T2. Leif Shires and Jan Michael Gamble on the call at the top of the hour. First match featuring Stan Vavrinka. Then it's Brandon Holt against Tanasi Kokonakis. Looking forward to that one. We will stay on T2 until 9 o'clock Eastern today. Those are some good matches. Brandon Holt got the wild card. Tanasi Kokonakis qualified. Holt's a big match player, big tournament player, I will say. When it comes to the Grand Slams, qualified, you know, U.S. Open, qualified Australian Open. Here he gets the wild card. What do you think of this one? Listen, you can, you can tell with certain players uh, when they like the moment. Right. I mean, he's had a ton of success in college. And I, I think you can draw on that. Look, uh, let's look at a different sport. Michael Jordan, he always said, you know, when I made that final shot for North Carolina to win that NCAA championship, I knew I had it in me. And even though it's at a different level, it translates. Mm. And again, let's go back to the crowd support that he's going to feel. I think it is going to be massive out here. And uh, that's that's the stuff that runs are made of at these big events. All, all of the University of Southern California will be out and cheering. Uh, at least. It'll and, be and just you know fight, what? fight on, fight on. You know what? This is a big event. Maybe we get some <laughs> of the Bruins in here, too. Show a little love. You know, get them all behind, Brandon. <laughs> and, and, and Tracy Austin should be there as well. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Cannot wait for it. Uh, time now for our FanDuel match preview of the day. And we've got Sir Andy Murray taking on Thomas Martin Echeverry. Murray, the heavy favorite, Chanda. I'm first noticing, Steve, where's my avatar? It, <laughs> it has gone away. <laughs> well, that, that's for that. We, ha we had to switch it up. So this is actually going to be the match preview, and you're going to have to pick a different match. Yeah, well, no, but I think this will be an interesting one uh, with Echeverry, who's playing some good tennis in good form, but he's coming off of clay. I think that is not going to be in his favor as he's made that transition in a very short period of time. Andy Murray, so experienced, understands how to play uh, in these conditions. The slightly slower courts, I think, is also to Murray's advantage. He's got good traction, mm. but he's also got good time. So I give him the advantage. I pick Murray to win this one, Steve. You're going to tell what the numbers mean, but I'm well, just for, making the pick. For for Echeverry, you, you bet $100, you win $300. For Murray, you have to bet $390 to win just $100. Uh, a reminder that FanDuel is giving all new users 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. Are you taking Murray as well, Prakash? Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I like him on that uh, minus one, two, six to not give up a set either. Mm. So I'd uh, I'd go a little little double double on it. Take so, both take both bets. A little in and out. Yeah, you know, just throw animal a little, style. What would first of all first of all <laughs> it's always animal style. That's never a question. <laughs> yeah, and to maybe throw a little extra cheese on the burger. Go wild. It's Andy Murray. Go go wild. I don't Is even want to ask. Have you not gone to in and out? Shanda, hold on. This double, the double animal the style animals? gets the shake. No, Put no, it on. We'll do a little cheeseburger. <laughs> All right, there's your avatar, Chanda. There this, it is. And, and this is the, the update on Chanda's pick of the day. You picked Shelby yesterday. You won. So you put 10 Chanda bucks on it, right? She was the favorite, so you won $3.92. You actually won for $10, $13.92, right? So, okay. So you're saying I'm going blue chip, and it's working out so far. So far, it's working okay. out. So here's right. here's your pick of the day. You're going with the Frenchman, Adrian Manorino, over Dominic Team. 
You know, I'm, I'm giving Manorino a little love. He's finally turned around this matchup against team, although team had to retire, and that's how yeah. he got the win. But right. that is baby steps in the right <laughs> direction. And I just think he's such a tricky guy to play. Team is still trying to, to find his form, trying to find those match wins back-to-back. -back. So I'm going to give Manorino the slight edge here. Oh. You know what, Chan? All numbers point to you being correct. Manorino's got some good form, a couple of quarters this year. Team only won one match. But as I do, I am going to call on emotion. And I think Team being back here in the desert, a place where he won, maybe call upon the ghost of that final of defeating Federer, get a little of that energy going, and uh, I like him to possibly come through. It would be an upset, but I'm going to go with Team. We need more one-handers on the court. Yeah, uh, listen, this is his first match here since winning in 2019 the title at Indian Wells. What's trending on social media? Well, world number 49, Jensen Brooksby. He announced he had surgery on his left wrist to repair a tendon. He's expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks, Chanda, but you can see he's uh, in good spirits. It's so difficult when you have an injury as Brooksby has dealt with and you're trying to figure out how to get it better. It never gets better. You're still trying to play. At some point, you have to take care of your body. You have to listen to your body, and obviously the surgery was the best option. Hopefully he can get back as quickly as possible because he was starting to play some terrific tennis. I found a great doctor at Curlin and Job who, who specializes in exactly this. I think he was in great hands. And um, the wrist is a tricky one because when you come back, you're always a little bit unsure of whether you can really let it go. But um, looks in good spirits and uh, he's young. So I think that stuff heals a little bit quicker at that age. He's got a positive attitude. Said, I'll have time to improve my game, improve my serve, and find himself a, a new coach and, and team to work with him. So. Yeah. 10 to 12 weeks. Look forward to seeing Jensen Brooksby back out on the court. Chanda, this is your last segment with us. You're going to call the match with Brett. Oh, it just went so quickly, Steve. It Enjoyed did. it here well, this I, I morning. Do you, do you step into a booth like Superman does? Do you like Superwoman before you, you know? I do. I do a quick change, and then I step in <laughs> with everything. There you go. That's, that's what I like. All right, we'll miss you, Chanda, but have a good call. All right, we are just moments away from first ball on day two at Indian Wells. Got to get our hot shot from day one, Prakash. Come on, you know, you know this is my favorite part of the show. Zapata Mariah starting with the lead court. Got a lead court back from Umber and just stick it out, stick it out. Good things happen, Weissman. You just want to keep the racket in front of you, you never know. Sometimes your opponent will hit it straight into your racket. I mean, he had a, a lot of space here, even though it was a little bit of a tricky shot, but went right into the racket of the Frenchman. Big smile, backwards hat. Wagging it up. Have you ever seen three straight let courts in a match? Have you ever had that? Have you ever experienced? I've never seen that. Three. Back, no, that, back, that, back. That, that, hit the that, net, hit the net, hit the net. Yeah, very tough to do. Yeah. Very, <laughs> tough. <laughs> very tough. Very to tough to do. I don't think they planned it, but <laughs> <laughs> it happened nonetheless. Uh, order of play, Stadium One, presented by Safe Flight. Danielle Collins up first. She's, she's about to walk out, in fact. Emma Raducanu, we hope she plays. She's got some wrist issues. Hope she takes the court against Donka Kovinich, Andy Murray in action. How about that Sloan Stevens, Sophia Kennan, and Jack Sock at night? Let's let's talk about Emma some more because she's dealing with a wrist injury. Yep. She was wrapped on court during practice yesterday. Gonna gonna be a game time decision for her. Yeah, look, she's got that. She hasn't played since the Australian Open. Had had tonsillitis. She lost to Danka at the Australian Open last year. And Kovinich finished last year really strong. Mm -hmm. Won ten out of her last thirteen matches. So. It's a tough one. You want to see how healthy Emma comes into this. We all know she can play well at the big events. So hopefully that's going to be able to spur her on a little bit. But uh, I think the early part 
hugely important. Let's see if she comes out strong, feeling okay, because last thing we want to see is another retirement. She's had a lot of health issues after winning that U.S. Open. Yeah, tonsillitis, I believe. Uh, yeah. She had to pull out of Austin as well. So uh, we, we hope Emma is healthy, and we hope we get to it see her Daniel out on Stadium Collins. One. Daniel Collins walking in right now. The American, former top tenor. She was seated last two times she was here, looking to get a nice first-round win against Dalma Golfi. It'll be Brett Haber and Chanda Rubin on the call. Prakash and myself will be on the desk throughout the day for all the interviews and updates. Enjoy day two at the BNP Paribas Open.